Hey, it's Kelly here with another Q&A. This has been re-recorded. Apparently, the last one had some technical difficulties. So who knows? Maybe I will give some more information than I did last time. But I thought I'd go ahead and answer the two questions I got recently. One is from Elizabeth who asks, Is it okay to write off the remainder of your private pay fee if you are accepting a sliding scale? And the other question was, what are the characteristics of an ideal private practice location? That comes from Gary. I'm excited to answer these questions for you today. All right. So sliding scale fees are one of those things that are kind of common in our field. You know, it's a way we give back to our community, and sometimes people also use it as a way to start their practice. That is something we talk a lot about in boot camp, about how to give back. There's lots of ways to do it aside from a sliding scale. And when you do a sliding scale, we really recommend that it not be Um, the main part of your income. In fact, it should come out of a place of abundance. So if you are thinking about writing off, you know, someone you charge for 100 when your fee is 150, that can't be done. Basically, you are contracting with this client and you agreed to that fee. So there is no write-off. So if you're thinking that there's going to be a tax benefit, I would consult with an accountant. I'm not an accountant, so I can't give accounting advice. But my understanding is that that's not the way to go. Instead, what's better for you in terms of write-offs is to meet with your accountant at least once a year. I recommend quarterly. Go over your expenses and see, even in your personal expenses, what can be moved over to your business. Believe it or not, I've had a few things that I always paid for out of my personal accounts a long time ago that once I formed my corporation, I moved into my business, such as my car. I only use my car really to go to the office. That's about it. We have another car that is our family car. So I get to take a lease, write that lease off on the business. So instead of looking at your sliding scale, let's look at other areas of where your money is being spent and what can be counted towards the business. And a accountant is worth a lot. So that's when, you know, you're paying an accountant for their time, but they're also finding way more money that you can be saving. In terms of setting your fee, I really recommend you check out our How to Set Fees webinar that can be found on our website at zinnime.com slash trainings. That's where we talk about how to set up a fee that really works for your business plan and it'll pay off in the long run when you start figuring out if you're going to slide, how you're going to go about that, and how that factors into your financial planning. All right, Gary asked, what are the characteristics of an ideal private practice location? Currently seeing a lot of clients through third-party payers, so insurance, and a few self-paying clients, but wanting to increase the self-paying clientele. And looking at two different sites, right? So there's... um, an older office building in the middle of the city, downtown. Um, It's got a lot of easy access for people with disabilities and uh, several offices, but the doors close at 6 p.m. 
Uh, it provides internet and those kinds of things. And the other one is at the edge of an upper middle class suburb, safe, nice parking lot, handicap accessible. It's along a bus route and comes with some other fun features. When checking out an office, I first recommend thinking about what is best for you. What do you want in terms of your commute? Where do you feel happy in terms of space? Those things are important. I remember my first office was very close to my house, but the space itself did not make me happy. It actually was quite stressful. The walls were thin, all that kind of stuff. That's how I ended up developing that office private practice checklist of things you need to think of when picking out an office. I'll put a link to that below. But even with a great commute, it just wasn't a good space for me. So I ended up commuting a little further out and I discovered that it was nice to have the decompression time coming from my office to home uh, in that 15-20 minutes. It really it felt good to me. So looking at that private practice vision in terms of how you want to be spending your time and where you want to be located. Um, it kind of starts with you first and then you look at your ideal client and where they're located and then you try and see where that is there's an overlap. So I ended up my final office um, before I went virtual was in a place where two um, freeways intersected and it was kind of convenient to come from further distances for my clients. So I had clients come from further than where they could have reached me at my other location because it was more away from a freeway. In fact, it was off of a toll road, so people would have to pay to commute to me. I think one thing that you can do is research in terms of your ideal client where are they spending their time? Are they working downtown? Do they live in the suburb? You know, the, there can be a lot of misconceptions. And so you start asking around. You can look on Meetup, see what kind of groups are going on in those areas and at what times. Uh, you can also do some data research with the city. They usually know what kind of median income, population size, all that kind of stuff, who's living where. And that'll give you some more information and I think, you're, you know, Gary's already thinking about some of the other things that are important in terms of accessibility for people that might have disabilities, uh, transportation uh, limitations as well, that sort of thing. So, I, you know, when looking at your ideal location, again, it's that overlap of what is ideal for you and where your client is hanging out. And some people really struggle with finding out where the client is. And that just takes a lot of research and asking questions. And um, go to the offices that you're considering moving into. Talk to other people that rent in that building. See who they're serving. There might be some overlap and collaboration opportunities. And that might also give you some more ideas as well as to what's the best fit. Lastly, whatever you pick, you're never totally stuck with. Um, it's never fun to move. <laughs> it can be exciting though, and you're never stuck. So you just do your best, 
research, um, put in some effort, ask questions, weigh your pros and cons, look at your budget, all that stuff, make a decision. Um, and if it doesn't work out, you can always move. You really can. And um, in terms of ideal, just going back, I want you to write down what you're looking for and then start researching where those clients are at and find the overlap. Hope that helps. All right, if you guys have more questions, I'm going to post a link where you can submit them for me to answer here. And how about you guys? Have you discovered your ideal practice location? Sometimes it can be quite surprising what you think would be best may not always be. So I'd love to hear your stories. Share below if you're on the blog and make a comment. And if you know someone who could benefit from this, please share it along. Thanks.